Shalom, it's Sister Only Love Chica, host of Practical Torah, a show of Rebirth Radio. Each week we will reflect on the Torah reading, pulling out inspiration and wisdom for our everyday lives. This week's Torah reading is from Genesis 28, verse 10, to chapter 29, verse 30, and is entitled, Jacob's Ladder. During this week's reading, the patriarch Jacob has a powerful supernatural vision. The significance of the dream has been debated, but most interpretations agree that this vision or dream is identified with Jacob and his obligations and the inheritance of the ethnic people chosen by Yah as understood in Abrahamic religions. If we read Genesis 28 verses 10 to 19 where this vision occurs, we read, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he lighted upon the place and tarried there all night because the sun was set, and he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of Yah ascending and descending on it. And behold, Yah stood beside him and said, I am Yah, the Elohim of Abraham, thy father, and the Yah of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep me keep thee wherever thou will go, and will bring thee back into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely Yah is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How full of awe is this place? This is none other than the house of Yah, and this is the gate of heaven. This is a very powerful vision that happens in Jacob's dreams. And over the past few months, many Hebrew people have been having amazing dreams and visions. It is really a time of Yah's spirit being poured out on young and old, male and female, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Well, everyone in between that follows Yah. Because some dreams and visions are not from Yah, but from the evil one. But I've heard many, many dreams that point to Yah sending the Hebrew people deliverance. I've heard many, many dreams that point to Yah separating those who are truly serving him from those who are just in this thing for identity. If you have a dream and you feel that Yah is speaking to you, pray and ask Yah to reveal the meaning of the dream to you. Because we don't want to be like Jacob, realizing that Yah was indeed in our midst, 
trying to talk to us and we knew it not. In Genesis 28:11, we read, And he lighted upon the place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. So this verse has a lot packed into it. I love that um, it talks about him tarrying there all night because our ancestors, especially in America, I'm not sure about Hebrews and other parts of the diaspora, but our ancestors used to have tarrying services where they would not move until Yah spoke to them or blessed them. What if Jacob couldn't tarry there all night? Would he have had this phenomenal vision? Would he have received this comforting prophecy? Probably not. Sometimes we need to tarry in Yah's presence for him to really speak to us and deal with us. But this verse also gives a huge clue about the race of Jacob. And I talk about this verse in my forthcoming book, Prophetic Worldwind, Uncovering the Black Biblical Destiny. Because Jacob takes a stone and he uses it as his pillow. And that seems very strange, unless you know that the headrests of sub-Saharan Africa and ancient Egypt are identical in design and hardness. It has always been thought strange by European scholars that a quote-unquote pillow should be made of wood or stone. The traveler and researcher Dr. S.D.P. Wicker observed, the Egyptians had headrests which are uncomfortable for people with straight hair. Wooden headrests only occur in cultures with Afro hair like the original Egyptians. So how do these Afro headrests apply to the Biblical Hebrews? Well, as we just read in Genesis 28:11. Jacob took one of the stones of that place and used it as a pillow and lay down and slept. This would suggest that Jacob's hair was similar to that of a sub-Saharan African or ancient Egyptian. Now we can't just say it was just curly hair because if it was soft curls and not puffy or thick curls, that stone headrest would have been very painful. Hair texture is one of the most, if not the most, unique features of so-called black people and something we have in common. Sudanese-Egyptian womanist author Kola Booth says that in her mother's Sudanese culture, black hair was referred to as the proof. And so this Jacob sleeping on a stone or a piece of wood, that definitely gives proof of Jacob being what today would be called a black man. In Genesis 28, verses 13 to 15, we find that during this vision, Yah gives Jacob a prophecy about the future of Israel. There above it stood Yah, and he said, I am Yah, the Elohim of your father Abraham, and the Yah of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. In Genesis 28 verse 16, Jacob realizes Yah was with him, but he did not know it. How many times do we miss Yah in our midst? 
Maybe Yah had to come to Jacob in a dream because if he was awake, he would not be able to receive the prophecy that was given. Yah being in a place and you not knowing it happens often more than you actually know. Because our perspective and mindset has to change so that we have the spiritual eyes to see the presence of Yah in our midst. Often the presence of Yah won't be found in a building. But during those times when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to encounter him, will we actually be able to see him? This is why many receive messages from Yah in their dreams. Because if Yah really tried to speak to us while we were awake, if he sent an angel that we could see to just give us the message straight out, we would be so scared and petrified, or for some of us, like um, me in New York, we'd be so busy rushing to the next thing that we would miss it. So sometimes Yah has to lay you down in sleep or lay you down spiritually for you to be able to receive what he's trying to say. This prophecy that's given to Jacob is comforting because though it lets us know that we may be to the, will be spread out to the west, the east, the north, and the south, the four corners, but Yah will bring us back and that Yah will not leave the Hebrew people until he does what he promised to do to us. So even now in this captivity and in this dispersion, Yah has not left us. Because his promise to us hasn't fully come to pass. But we know there will be a greater exodus where we will be gathered from the four corners. This is a great and powerful vision. And it's also comforting to know that it's not about us and what we can or cannot do. But it's really about Yah's promise that he will not leave us or forsake us until he has done what he said. Because his word does not go out void. In Genesis 28 verses 18 to 19, Jacob memorializes his encounter with Yah. And it's important that you memorialize, recall, and remember what Yah has done for you. Least you forget his faithfulness in hard times. If you have a journal, write down the praise report. If you have friends that you pray with, tell them when Yah moves for it, moves in your life. If you teach or if you preach or if you sing, teach, preach, and sing about how Yah delivered you. But whatever you do, don't ever forget what Yah has done for you in the past because he will do it again. Now, to the title of this Torah reflection, this vision called Jacob's Ladder, this is very mysterious and has puzzled mores, rabbis, teachers, ministers, scholars for many, many centuries. We read from the Jewish Publication Society of 1917 that the classical Torah commentaries offer several interpretations of Jacob's ladder. According to the Midrash Genesis Rabbah, the ladder signified the exiles which the Jewish people would suffer before the coming of the Messiah. First, the angel representing the 70-year exile of Babylonia climbed up 70 rungs and then fell down. Then the angel representing the exile of Persia went up a number of steps and fell, as did the angel representing the exile of Greece. Only the fourth angel, which represented the final exile of Rome or Edom, 
whose guardian angel was Esau himself, this is according to sages, kept climbing higher and higher into the clouds. Jacob feared that his children would never be free of Esau's domination. But Yah assured him that at the end of days, Edom too would come falling down. Now some scholars associate Esau with Rome, but we should also know that Esau is among the Arabs and even among certain tribes in Africa. I personally believe Esau is scattered in many places and looks like many different races. Yah is not surprised by our captivity in exile because we read earlier in Genesis 15:13 that Yah told Abraham we will be in captivity for 400 years. And this is also kind of like a vision prophecy. And now we also see Jacob having um, a vision prophecy of our various exiles. Yah still in his grace enacted a plan of redemption and salvation for fallen Israel and the entire world. This vision of Jacob's ladder sadly shows that Yah knew we would be scattered, and we know we're scattered because we sinned as Hebrew people. So Yah actually knew, even when the nation of Israel was being birthed, that we weren't going to get it right, and we were going to be scattered. Which is why we need a Redeemer. Another interpretation of this vision is that the place at which Jacob stopped for the night was in reality Mount Moriah, the future home of the temple in Jerusalem. The latter therefore signifies the bridge between heaven and earth as prayers and sacrifices offered in the holy temple soldier a connection between Yah and the Hebrew people. Moreover, the latter alludes to the giving of the Torah as another connection between heaven and earth. In this interpretation, it also is significant that the Hebrew word for latter, Sulam, and the name for the mountain on which the Torah was given, Sinai, have the same numerical value of letters. Yeshua said in John 1:51, And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of Yah ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This statement has been interpreted as associating or implicating Yeshua with the mythical Jacob's ladder. In that, Messiah bridges the gap between heaven and earth. Yeshua represents himself as the reality to which the ladder points. As Jacob saw in a dream the reunion of heaven and earth, Yahshua brought this reunion, metaphorically, the latter, into reality. Only Yahshua bridges the gap between divorced Israel and Yah, or exiled Israel and Yah. Now, a meaning of Jacob's ladder from African American slaves. I grew up hearing the song, We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder, before I knew it was based on Torah. There was a Negro spiritual called We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder, also known simply as Jacob's Ladder. It was an African-American slave spiritual based in part on this story of Jacob's Ladder. It was developed sometime before 1825 and became one of the first slave spirituals to be widely sung by white Christians. A number of artists have recorded notable versions of it, and it was used as one of the main themes in the critically appraised documentary, the Civil War. African American slaves in the United States created a vibrant culture of resistance and dissent, despite attempts by white slave owners to indoctrinate them into passivity using a variant of Christianity. Slaves were not permitted to speak while working in the fields, but were permitted to sing and chant in order to alleviate tendom 
and to impose a rhythm on repetitive motions. This generated two distinctive African-American slave musical forms, the spiritual sung music, usually telling a story, and the filled holler or filled shout, sung or chanted music, usually involving repetition of the leader's line. We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder is a spiritual. As a folk song originating in a repressed culture, the song's origins are lost. Some academics believe it emerged as early as 1750 and definitely no later than 1825 and was composed by American slaves taken from the area now known as Liberia. It should be noted that the crew are a Hebrew tribe in Liberia who are not returned African Americans living in Liberia, but they are so-called native Liberians that actually migrated earlier from Israel. To learn more about the crew people, check out the work of um, crew Hebrew brother, French Prince Yasharala. He, has, he is on YouTube and Instagram and has a lot of great facts, not only about his tribe, but about Hebrew matters in general. The spiritual utilizes the image of Jacob's ladder and equates it with the body of Messiah in ways quite similar to the teachings of Catherine of Siena. The song is in the form of call and response while studying, and while studying biblical Hebrew in seminary, I was told the Psalms of Ascent were sung marching up to Jerusalem in the call and response style. Anyone familiar with African American gospel music knows that it has a great deal of call and response lyrics. Although the lyrics of Jacob's Ladder vary from place to place and have changed over time, they generally emphasize spiritual growth increasing one's knowledge about Yah and a call to discipleship. The striving nature of this climb towards Yah is depicted as a series of tests and draws heavily on the New Testament tradition of the believer as a warrior, in this case overcoming the slave owner. The traditional lyrics hold out hope that the slave can rise up and escape slavery, and the nature of the call and response as both the singing respondents and the listener for greater sacrifice to reach the next level. The spiritual implies that Yah's promise to the biblical patriarch Jacob will also lead the slave to freedom. The song becomes one of the first African-American spirituals to become popular among white Christians, as stated earlier. Now I have to ask, how could illiterate slaves write such a theologically packed song about a vision that has puzzled mores, rabbis, and sages for centuries. These slaves had some knowledge that the promise given to Jacob during this vision was also given to them as well. Remember, the promise said we would be scattered, and indeed the Trans-Saharan and the Transatlantic slave trade scattered us to the four corners. But Yah also said he won't leave us until he has done what he promised. And so the slaves saw a connection between the vision to Jacob and their situation. If you listen to many of the so-called Negro or slave spirituals, you will find songs heavy with Hebrew Bible, a.k.a. Old Testament themes. This is no mistake, but these enslaved people were taken from various Hebrew tribes in Africa and in a land far away from their home, a new Egypt. They remembered on a spiritual level, Yah and his promises to them. May we, they descendant, their descendants and their relatives, remember Yah and that he will not leave us until he fulfills all that he promised.
you, Yah, for keeping our ancestors. Thank you for freeing them from bondage. And as we continue to climb Jacob's ladder, please remind us of your promise to gather us from the four corners and to set us back into our land. Yah, we trust you for your liberation. So be it. May Yah bless you and keep you. May Yah make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May Yah turn his face towards you and give you peace and liberation. Rebirth Radio is a project of Hebrew Nation Building, a ministry to awaken, restore, and prepare Yah's people. To learn more, visit rebirthofanation.info. To learn more about Prophetic Worldwind, uncovering the black biblical destiny, visit propheticworldwind.com. And remember, if it ain't practical, it probably ain't Torah. Shalom. <laughs>